Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Spartan Forge. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us, and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription, Black Rifle Coffee. Last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious and evolve into the future. Forged in combat and tailored for hunters, Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can now take Spartan Forge with you wherever you go by downloading the mobile app. Enjoy deer prediction analysis, weather forecasts, historical data, detailed journaling, as well as crisp maps. It's time for you to make the most of your season and let Spartan Forge do that for you. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20%. Check it out over at spartanforge.ai.
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We are on episode 116, and on today's episode, Dimitri and I, we were joined by Kyle Davidson, and Kyle is the owner of DCA Custom Arrows, where not only does he make custom arrows designed specifically to the needs of any archer, but also has developed other innovative products. These products include field points, his new super saber veins, and custom arrow wraps. Kyle has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to arrow building, so of course we talked about that, but also his other products and the why behind them. Kyle is also the lead engineer for Dialed Archery, so we wrap up talking a little bit about what went into designing the Arxis height. So enjoy the fun episode and antler up. All right, we're live. We're uh, back for another episode. We're waiting on our guest with Kyle Davidson uh, from DCA Custom Arrows. We have uh, Demetrius here. We're just kind of chit-chatting a little bit, just getting ready to go down to gyms a couple weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks to go build some bows and have some fun with doing all that type of stuff and this episode tonight with Kyle Davidson is basically since we started doing the podcast two years ago this is a two-year in the making uh episode so when Kyle gets on here I'm going to tell him that just because we've talked about it before and so Kyle uh those of you that are listening right now that are on and waiting Kyle does uh custom build arrows he does custom arrow wraps but he also started doing his own thing where he's been creating and developing certain just like niche products he's an engineer very smart intelligent person so i'm going to sound really dumb speaking with him i bet tonight he will talk about some of the products that he has he just released new veins so i'm you know just being a guy that likes to tinker i'm anxious to try those out and I've always had really good success uh, with AAE, either max stealth veins or the hybrid veins. And lately I've been really liking the the hybrid. So I'm anxious just to give them a shot, just to, you know, support again, another individual that's kind of supported us since our start of uh, this adventure. So an- anxious for, for that. So uh, hopefully he'll be on here soon. But in the meantime, we, uh, did you do anything hunting related this weekend? Not a ton. Got my fishing stuff ready. Yeah, did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Saturday it snowed quite a bit. Um, <laughs> up on the mountain, we probably got an inch or two of snow. and I would definitely say about two because my that stealth cam, when that sucker lit off even today, I was like, wow. Yeah, so that kind of put a damper on things that I was going to do Saturday or today. So, so hopefully it melts this week and can get back into – uh, some some more scouting and putting some more boots on the ground. Absolutely. Well, yesterday I t- I called you and I went for a walk for uh, a little bit and I was checking out some just so took Milo for a walk and next thing you know it I just was like oh, I always see deer in this one little specific area and kept walking and next thing you know it I've found this massive deer trail where again I've I've seen these deer kind of go through and. Lo and behold, there was just a ton of sign. No, no, uh, no sheds were found, which is a, n- no problem. Uh, but as far as the sign goes, man, I sent you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I called. I called you. I was all fired up. Uh, but man, it was it was fun to to get to get out and enjoy walking for a little bit. It was it was it was cold, but at the same time, it was just nice to get out. And within a hour and I, I would say an hour and a half of just walking outside, I felt uh i had snow i had the sun shining i had overcast 
and massive wins. So basically all four seasons in, <laughs> in like an hour and a half here in Pennsylvania. But no, I'm, I'm getting anxious. Next weekend we have, uh, I'll be heading back home. So during for, for trout season, uh, you go every year. Where are you going this year? Same place with my father-in-law. Yeah. So uh, we've kind of made it a tradition since I've been dating slash married to my wife. And uh, we go to the kind of same general location and, you know, just enjoy it. So hopefully it warms up a little bit before Saturday. It's never fun to get out there in the stream <laughs> when it's freezing, but uh, we'll still be there regardless. So I, um, which I'm going to call, uh, actually what, what, what's funny is, I had a memory pop up and it was one from like two or three years ago, that real big trout that you caught a couple of years ago. Mm, yep. um, that, that one was a friggin' stud. Yeah. My dad, uh, actually went up and, uh, was getting his camper set up him and his buddy go up every year and, uh, fish up there on the first day. And he said he saw some elk up there and he said it was pretty cool. So were they still holding? Uh, I don't think so. He didn't say he saw yeah, any horns, so any horns. I'm, I'm sure a lot of them have dropped up there, so yeah, people are probably up there looking for him. I saw one guy, he found, I mean, a gnarly set of sh- sheds from an elk. I mean, this elk was like pelmated, and it was pretty pretty nasty. I would love the opportunity to hunt that. Just once. <laughs> just once. I, or, like, even have a friend, like, just to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I I would feel as much part of that just being like if you drew that tag or any of our friends and we had to get a chance to go. Well, I sent, uh, I don't know what's, well, I don't, my email, I sent an email to, to Kyle. So he's, he's uh, hopping on here soon. So here comes Kyle. What's up, Kyle? Sorry about that, man. I got it and uh, went into my spam folder. So I was like, oh, there you go. Oh, thing i looked at i was like uh maybe it went there and it was yeah man go figure antler up (laughs) is always going to be going into spam or something (laughs) yeah so we're uh kyle this is i said earlier when we first started getting on here with demetri and i we started talking and i said this is uh two years in the making because (laughs) (laughs) it really is man it it really is yep well I, i was saying how a couple of years ago, and I told this story actually on the podcast we we had Scott on, and from mm-hmm. from Dial Archery, and I said I said I called you one day just to tell you thank you so much for the great work you did just on you know my arrow wraps and just good customer yeah. service and just like the the e- <clears throat> the easy stuff, and you're like, hey, I appreciate yeah, I that because usually usually the the first time calling is. Uh, or when someone's getting a hold of me is for a complaint or something like that. And, you know, and then we just kind of struck, struck a little friendship, I guess you could say, you know, Instagram friendship or whatever. And it's yeah. always, it, it's been good support, but both ways and appreciate what you do. And I love what you're doing. And so again, two, two years in the making. So thanks Kyle yeah. for coming on, man. It, it took a while, but we got it right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's perfect timing too. Cause Demetri and I, we're going to go set up some new bows here in two weeks. And so obviously with setting up new bows, you make sure your arrows are all good. So there's, there's a couple things that we'll, we could dive into in this podcast that, and sure. that I'm anxious to, to talk to about. But uh, before we do that, I do want you to kind of explain like what you're, what you're doing um, and kind of, and, and, and kind of the why, and I know you, you're in, you have like a, probably up to this point now. And like, maybe I would say a couple of years ago, you would have said, Hey, I have about a hundred irons in the fire where now you're probably like, I got like 500 irons in the fire. So yeah. 
Um, yeah, you, you know roughly what I do. I mean, with the the arrows is one thing, and then uh, now I do points, I do veins, um, and then the dial archery stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, I got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it no. just kind of all happened at the same time too. It was very strange, but. That's crazy. We'll talk. All right, Kyle. So why don't you introduce like what kind of what originally maybe when you started doing like the DCA custom arrows and then how it's blossomed into what it is. And, you know, I guess dive into like your background just because, I mean, I know you being an engineer and just from talking and getting a chance to know you and hear you and all that type of stuff. So, you know, why don't you tell our listeners who you are a little bit and, and what you got going on? So, uh, Kyle Davidson, I'm the owner of DCA Customeros. Um, what I do is very different than what a lot of quote unquote Customero people do. Um, I figure out what arrow I would recommend for your specific setup, um, based on your draw length, your draw weight, your bow IBO, um, what you'll be hunting, what you like to shoot. If you like to shoot 3d, uh, basically every time I call somebody about an order, um, they kind of fill on a form on my website they send that form in. I take a look at it. I'm really behind on emails right now. Um, I'm trying to get caught up, but just a lot going on right now. Um, but I take a look at that and then I'll give them a call back. So, um, when I talk to them, it's usually anywhere from a half hour to 45 minute discussion about, you know, Hey, I like to shoot out to hundred yards, but I hunt here in Indiana or I hunt, you know, in Pennsylvania or something like that. And I'll never have the opportunity to shoot over 40 yards. So it's like, okay, I get it. You know, you want to be able to shoot out to 100 yards, maybe, but your one desire and your passion is hunting. You're not going to shoot over 40 yards. So let's look at this arrow for your setup. I would look at this weight and this speed. And, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a balancing act where, um, you know, it's if somebody doesn't have a long draw length or they um, aren't pulling with a lot of weight, stuff like that, that I can help them with and try to get that that balance. Um, I I admit to everybody that I don't hunt that much. Um, I'm lucky if I get out five times a year, but, um, you know, to that fact, I'm not the one that's shooting the same arrow with at the same setup and trying the same thing. Like I build 500 sets of arrows a year now, somewhere around there. And I build for everybody that has, you know, uh, 45 pounds or 40 pounds and like a 25 inch draw length all the way up to a guy yesterday that was a 33 inch draw and like 85 pounds. Who's that so, big foot <laughs> yeah, and everybody in between. So, um, I get a lot of experience and all my customers are kind of my experimenting, you know, I mean, I, I do this because I love it and mm-hmm. because I'm trying to figure this stuff out. Like I, I have a pretty good grasp on it, but, um, I'm not an, I, I do it for a living, but, um, you know, it's, it's always learning. I'm always learning new things. Right. Um, so yeah, I get all that experience with all their, all their stuff. So along with all the, the setups for the arrows and all that stuff, I do a custom wrap, which is, uh, my buddy TJ kind of pushed me into, he was the one that actually got me into arch, uh, archery, you know, the guy from half rack and everything. So, uh, he's the one that got me into archery. And then he's the one that kind of said, uh, you know, you should take a look at doing these custom wraps. And I was like, I'm not an artist man, but luckily it's a very, very small canvas and I kind of got some styles that people dig and, um, I got some new ones coming out actually. Oh, nice. Does it Um, have anything to do with, uh, kind of like the pattern that you and I are both wearing? No, no. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to be coming out. All right, sweet. Uh, yeah, I have one here. So, uh, the other 
the other thing, going back to the arrows. So I do the, yep. the arrows, I do the customer app. And then, um, you know, I do everything very meticulously. Um, the weight between the heaviest arrow and lightest arrow is usually about three grains. It's right around that area. Um, everything, I spine line all my arrows, cut them, square them. Uh, they're as good of an arrow as I could possibly make. I mean, if there's a better way to do it, um, I do it. Actually, my wife, a year and a half ago or so, she was asking me, she's like, you've been doing this for a while now. Are you getting faster? And I said, no, I'm actually getting slower because <laughs> like, I'll figure out something that I could do that makes it better. And as an engineer, like the worst thing you want to do is fail. And so if I can uh, figure out a way to, uh, you know, not make something fail or make something better, that's what I want to do. Uh, so yeah, I, it does take me longer now, but I'm trying to keep the, the quality high and, and learn as much as I can. But uh, doing that, I kind of ended up, uh, if you want to talk about veins and stuff now. Or, yeah, yeah. give a nice big overview of what you got going on. And then we, we could go back and touch upon a okay. bunch of different things. Great. So uh, during this kind of quest of figuring this stuff out, um, I built my own wind tunnel. So I have a, a custom-made wind tunnel that allows me to run any arrow at about a nine, 190 feet per second. Um, and it's it's I built it myself, so it's not perfect. But it's repeatable, and it gives me repeatable results. Is kind of the thing you want with a scientific experiment. Right. Whether right. it's it has some flaws or not, if you can repeat it with the same one, then you can basically get kind of apples to apples comparisons with things. So I can run any length arrow, any vein, any broadhead, any field point, and get a good kind of feedback on that. So I can compare one to the other. Not only that, but um, um, with my day job, I ended up running a few computational fluid dynamics. So the way you, uh, you've seen like Formula One cars where they have the, the flow lines going across the, the car, I, I did that with an arrow in my computer, uh, on my, my computer, not my work computer, different program. Uh, met a, a bunch of really cool people actually during that process. So uh, talked to them, got some better feedback from them on how to use that more effectively and uh, modeled a, a full arrow. And then doing that uh, and shooting with a lab radar so I could shoot up to 100 yards um, and it gives me 200 points of data all the way out to hundred yards. So I get to speed the time, the distance that allows me to do studies with arrow weight, uh, how heavy arrows don't shed arrow, don't shed weight as fast as light arrows, but a light arrow can still be faster because of the overall average speed. And, you know, looking at, well, a guy's only going to shoot to 60 yards. So a lighter arrow will actually have more kinetic energy out to 60 yards because it's actually traveling faster doesn't fall off until after 60 yards. But I mean, there's weird stuff like that that I'm still kind of investigating. Uh, and then, you know, looking at veins as well. So I shot out, uh, you know, using my phone, I just set it at 70 yards. I shot at my phone at 70 yards at a target at a hundred yards. So I could hear the arrow go past. I put that on YouTube yep. and said that vein noise doesn't matter. And then um, talked to Donnie Vincent, not to name drop, but talking to Donnie Vincent, he was telling me that out in, Alaska that it's very cold, it's very open and vein noise does matter. And so, uh, he was kind of describing his process. He, he loves the technical side of things and his storytelling kind of aided my technical side of it. So, uh, we kind of figured out that potentially what could be happening. I know everybody's tried to quantify this, but my theory to him was that, uh, you know, you're watching the, the horror movie at night and the girl hears the creak behind her. And then she's on alert. And so any other noise that she hears, she reacts to. And we think in a very bad analogy, which is what I'm famous for, <laughs> that's kind of what's happening. You know that you hear the bow, it's definitely louder than the arrow, but then, 
you know, that's something different. And then if you hear anything else gone, got it. And so then it, it was like, well, that makes sense. I wonder if I could design a vein that's quiet. And I, in a previous life I'd worked, um, with starters and alternators. And a big thing with that is designing the fans so that the fans, you know, you don't want to hear it whistle and whine in your car. And especially if you're running like bulldozer or backhoe or something like that, you don't want to hear that thing all day. So we make them or they made them. I don't work there anymore. Uh, quiet. And I knew how to do that. And so I was like, this is going to be really easy. I made one that I thought would, would work really well. I actually still have it on my laptop here. Uh, I stuck it on my laptop, but, uh, I haven't pulled this off since then. So I made that one and then uh, took it out, shot it past my phone, ready to call the day, go back, you know, dust everything off. I reinvented the world. That was the loudest vein I'd ever shot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, finding out that you're wrong is part of the answer too. You have to know if you don't ask questions, you won't find out where you are. And so I needed to know why. And right. man, when somebody drops the, why do you think this works to me and I can't figure it out? It doesn't leave my head. And so for two years, um, I would take and print off, like I just showed you, print something off, put double-sided tape on it. I had a molder uh, mold blanks for me, so it's just a big blank vein, and I would cut out the profiles, and then I would shoot past my phone, and then I would go back home, and I'd put on these big earmuffs and listen to it. You know, I'd shoot a Max Hunter. I'd shoot a Max Stealth because Max Hunter is a great stable vein. It's a great vein. It's on a lot of my builds. Um, Max Stealth is a quiet vein. And so out of the 30 or something profiles that I shot, the Max Stealth was the quietest. And I really liked the performance of the Max Hunter, but it was a little bit loud. And so uh, I went back and uh, I would just run and run and run, get an idea for a vein, cut it out, go shoot it get an idea for a vein, go cut it out and go shoot it, get an idea, go cut it out and go shoot it. And I did that for three months or something. Just everything I could think of, I would try, but I try to have some basis for it and some way to have an idea of what the air was doing around it. And so, uh, one day I was, uh, I had all my stuff packed up in my Jeep. Uh, I had my shoes on. I was just like grabbing the last bits of stuff and I watched, I watch more videos on aerodynamics than I do on hunting by far, <laughs> by far. I love it. Like uh, formula one this year, they just released the new cars. It's all new aerodynamics package and man that I love that stuff. So yeah. um, I was watching a video on an, an F 100 super saber, which is a, an old fighter from kind of back in the day. And uh, it had on the back of it, a, a unique feature with the, the back uh, fin. And so the tail fin. And so, uh, literally had my shoes on, was watching that last video, getting ready to turn off, saw that. And I was like, all right, cut it out, uh, put it on an arrow, went to the range. It was still like drying. I mean, I went and did it. I was shooting. I know I was up to J at that point. So it was A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. And I had versions of those too. So I had those, those eight. And then I had versions of those eight as well. Okay. So, uh, the, yeah, not much detail to go back to, but actually there is. I could honestly talk for three or four hours just about veins. Yeah. I'm not that <laughs> So I, I went out, I shot it, and the vein that I had cut out the very last second was quiet. Wow. Like it was... And I was like, 
I mean, like I grabbed the, the things and at the end of it, I would go up to it and I'd be like, that was Max Hunter, Max Stealth, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I go back through it and I figure out which one it was. And then I go back because I shot it like three or four times. I go back and listen to it again, the, like third and fourth and second run and all that stuff. Quiet, quiet, quiet. And I was like, there it is. Why is that working? And so uh, I dove into it and tried to figure out why that one was quiet because it didn't make a ton of sense to me at the time. And now it makes a ton of sense to me. So I can look at a vein and tell you exactly why it's loud, 100% why it's loud, and how I can make it quieter. Um, but with this one, uh, so this is the vein in my new wrap, actually. Okay. But this is the, the Super Saber. And so it has what they call... Uh, on airplanes, it's called a dorsal fin. This front fin right here okay. is called a dorsal fin. And for planes, they put it on there for lateral stability. So, you know, the the flat spin, you come out and top gun style, you spin and you go out. It's because they don't have enough side profile on the plane behind the center of gravity of the plane to help with stability. So they put that on there for lateral stability. Uh, the way this one actually works is very different than that, but it was inspired by it. Whoop, there it is. But it was inspired by it. So I, I took that design. I figured out why it was quiet, ran it through the computational fluid dynamics where I saw how the air was moving around it, uh, and then did just tons of research on the idea that I was thinking it was recreating. It was. And so I modified it to work. I mean, like, every single dimension on this thing, every dimension, the radiuses, the height of it, the angles, the lengths of things, everything on this vein is there for a hundred percent reason that I could fight until I die on why it's that way. Yep. Because I didn't want to, I didn't think I'd be end up producing these things. I just did it as a quest. And so I had time to play with it. So I would run it through the CFD. And then, uh, I also used a program they, they used to, uh, quantify the stability in rockets. So this is a program that they used to build rockets with, and it actually quantifies the stability. So when people say, uh, you know, I went out and I shot it, and it, it stabilizes the broadhead. I can put numbers behind that and prove why mine is better than theirs. Um, not that the other veins don't work, because like I said, Max Hunters work awesome. Blazers are pretty good. They bend. They take a set. That's why I don't like them. Max Stealth, you could do better than the Max Stealth for sure, but it's a good vein. A lot of people shoot it. A lot of people have success with it. So not hating on any other veins, but um, I just I think mine's uh, mine's better yeah. Obviously, I mean, it's <laughs> why I made it. Then I started molding it, and uh, again, that was TJ that pushed me into that. Uh, then started molding it, uh, got the first shipment from the molder. I told him that uh, this would probably be it for the year, that I would probably do a lot of builds with them, and uh, I would sell them, of course. And this was after months and months and months of testing. Like the guys, I have two guys that build for me. And they hunted with them. They shot them. I wanted somebody that was not me shooting these things, beating them up like they normally do, throw it in the truck and drop deers with them, all that kind of deers, drop deer with them. And, uh, you know, they, they worked well. So uh, got the first shipment from him, threw them up on Instagram that I was going to start selling them, sold out in minutes. <laughs> the first batch sold out in uh, 26 minutes. Yeah. And then I got the second batch in. And it sold out in eight minutes. And then I got a huge order in uh, last Friday. And so I put it out there, a huge order that I thought was going to go all the way to the end of the weekend. 
put it out there on Friday because I was getting a bunch of messages about people that wanted to check them out, which I really appreciate. I mean, the, the response to these things, uh, like my wife is tired of seeing me smile about this because it's just like I had no idea. I mean, it's just like you create this thing that you're so proud of, but you, I know I'm different, and I'm like, I'll put this out there, and yeah. everybody liked it, and I was just blown away. But um, so the second order or the third order that was huge, uh, I put that on Friday at noon, and I was completely sold out uh, before one thirty. So it sold out in less than an hour and a half. I was able to get one of those, uh, that order in finally. What's that? I said, I was finally able to get in on that order. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was trying to get, get you some, I mean, just getting people like my friends, getting them some, cause I, I sent some to AJ who you guys know, yep. Coda, uh, sent some to him because I know he, uh, he's a good buddy. He does great testing, great reviews. I told him like I told DIY sportsman, uh, Garrett pool yep. told him, uh, I said, and another one of our friends we shouldn't mention, told told them all just test it, test it. Tell don't tell me anything good with these things. Tell me everything wrong with it. I want to fix it before it happens. I don't want to hear good news. And they would just call me up and they'd go, "They're badass." Yeah, can't make fun of you. And I'm yeah. like, "Holy cow, man!" Because your friends always make fun of you for something. Yeah. But when uh, yeah, when they were like, "No, they're good," I was like, "Huh." And Garrett is. Uh, Garrett, the DIY sportsman is super, he's an engineer as well. And so he is a very numbers based person. And I text him and he's like, I love him. He shot him for a while, did some videos on him and stuff. And, uh, he said, are you going to start selling them? And I said, do you think they're ready to go? And he said, absolutely. Wow. And so away they went, but yeah. And then the, the wrap, my new wrap, I'll have it up on my website, but, uh, that looks cool. So I did. I did that one, but it's the, uh, the old Thunderbirds. So the, um, air force, uh, flight team is the Thunderbirds. And if you kind of look up the, um, the design on the, on the plane. Yeah, it's, it's right on like it. And I was just playing around on my computer one night. Uh, that's what I do for fun and got it. I had the idea. And then again, I was like, that's going to be really tough. I'm not a designer. It's really tough for me to do. And I got it. So I was like, hell yeah. So it it actually says, (laughs) In yellow, it says Davidson on it, and then it has X's for like, uh, you know, X's you'd get on a target. Yep. But I'll, I'm going to start throwing those on my website, and it'll say Super Saber on it instead of Davidson, and then with the X's too. Sweet. And then if, if somebody wants to order arrows and they want to put their name on it or they want to use that but modify it a little bit, then we can do that. But, yeah. What I but like yeah. what I like about all your stuff, though, Kyle, is, you know, you you, you talked about the, some of the people that you've, you've worked with, that you've done like build arrows for and all that type of stuff is it's you make it's actually not only is it engineered to be the quote unquote the best out there that, that you could possibly put on and use it for archery gear but it's a very reasonable price i mean that that's yeah. the other piece you're not like hey yeah here's new you know saber uh, you know, fleshings and here they are for $80. You know what I mean? Like you, it's, it's, it's the same price that you would pay for just the everyday, like you said, AAE or uh blazer veins and all that type of stuff. But it's yeah, you know, all that. So I kudos to you for that as well. Thank you. Yeah. And you don't need a, the other good thing is you don't need a primer pin for these. Um, that was going to be my next question. Wipe, so you just, uh, I tell people put it in the clamp, wipe it with alcohol, it's just 70% isopropyl alcohol. So if you have some already, great. If not, there's some little pads in there to help you with it. 
Loctite 401 is crazy good uh, adhesive. It's very fast. Be careful with it, but it holds on there, and they're insane. I shot an arrow, not this one, but I shot an arrow through uh, a Lancaster box 12 times, 24 times through cardboard front and back, and it's still on there. I mean, you could see, like, marks on the sides of it, but it's on there, and it's still holding strong. So, yeah, really proud of that. Um, The other thing is it's all made in the United States, so um, I designed it here, and then uh, it's molded up in Wisconsin, and uh, the guy up there is freaking phenomenal. He's been working with me. Uh, I'm sure he hates me at this point, but uh, (laughs) he's awesome to work with. I'm very particular person, as you can imagine. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, man. It's crazy. Well, you talked about the quietness of the new vein, but what about speed related? Are you seeing better speeds, the same speed with the vein as well? Yep. So the, uh, the, if I could change anything about it, it's the weight. There are seven, just over 7.2, 7.3 grains. That's the same weight as a blazer. Uh, it's lighter than a max stealth, but it, that's something I wanted to see the, the point of impact is about the same as a max hunter. Um, the flow on these is better. Like you get better flow around your arrow. So it's a, it's a cleaner flow. Uh, the way that my veins create spin is different than any vein that's on the market. Um, and the stability that I get from it is a little bit different than any other vein in the market. But, um, as far as like point of impact, if that's what you mean, um, it's about the same as a max hunter, uh, but I was doing some testing with the, the dialed site, which we'll get to. And I, I have to shoot out to long yardages just to make sure that everything works. And that, you know, we're um, just getting reps in on it. And I was testing the veins and just shooting them out there, um, watching them come out of my bow. The flight's just amazing. I mean, yeah. just smooth the whole time. It's clean. It's just a clean flight. And like a lot of other uh, veins use low pressure to, get their spin with, um, they, if I can get it, they create, so the air hits the front of it and then it creates a low pressure kind of on the back end of the the tail. Mine actually, because of that front part, it actually fills in that gap behind it. So there's air on the vein the whole time. It's not a low pressure kind of situation where you could get some wobbling in the back. I don't know if that's hundred percent like accurate that that's an issue, but I know that mine don't have it because of the CFD. I know that the air flows cleanly around it. Right. What, what are some, I guess, FAQs that you've been getting that, you know, we would be able to answer now? Like, you know, have, have you been asked, Hey, what kind of helical or offset? Like what's, what's kind of your recommendation and all that type of stuff? Yeah. So actually the the packaging on this is overdone. Uh, (laughs) there's a lot of writing on it and stuff and like the front of it, I kept very clean. Uh, it's just shows the vein and all that stuff. This is taken on my desk in my office. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not good at this stuff. I just make it, I fake it till I make it. And then on the back of it, I actually show the CFD around the arrow. That's kind of a, uh, I have the, I have it set. So I'm not showing anything that I've learned. Cause I learned three or four pretty big things about arrow around arrows. Okay. And I kind of didn't want to show everything. Right. But, uh, so that one shows the air flowing around it. And then underneath it, it, gives kind of a quick explanation of how and what actually affects arrow stability. Uh, And then underneath that, it actually has the application method. And so it says in there that this was designed for a two and a half degree offset or helical 
like if you're using a bits, which this was designed for, the vein's flat, so you can use a bits. You don't have to use a primer pin. Loctite 401 is the only thing. Get it off Amazon. Um, but it's designed for two and a half degrees. And if you kind of look at that picture back there, uh, it shows that it was designed that way. Okay. Uh, yeah, for instance, on the top of it, there's just a little, it's not perfectly parallel to the shaft of the arrow. It's dropped forward just a little bit. And the reason it is is because in that CFD, I had them, I had it flat to begin with. There it is. Had it flat to begin with, and there was just a little vortice that was developing off that front edge. So I dropped it until that was clean across the top of it. But yeah, two and a half degrees and uh, use a bits, use my vein angle tool to set that alignment with and uh, you're ready to roll. And That's the big thing though, is just what, what do I use? It actually tells you, you know, the Loctite, it tells you how to apply it. All that stuff's on the back of it. Two and a half degrees. People are like, well, what if it says I only have two or three? And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this designed for more three-fletch, four-fletch? Have you seen one better than the other or any recommendations there as well? Yes, I definitely have recommendations, always. the <laughs> uh, You never – these are designed for three-fletch. You don't need a four-fletch. If you're shooting a four-fletch and you're seeing good results, it's because you're creating excess drag in the back of your arrow rather than stabilization in the back of your arrow. So, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. If you're shooting a ginormous broadhead and – it's insane, uh, then um, you might need to run a four-fletch, but I can't get there. Like, the stability programs that I did, same formulas that NASA uses to create rockets. And so I modeled using three-fletch with mine and using a four-fletch similar profile to a max stealth, a long parabolic vein. Uh, A four-fletch parabolic vein similar to that one has less stability than mine does in three fletch nice and uh it's because of the height it's because of a lot of different things uh the component the component center of pressure is bad on that type of vein again it will work uh again donnie vincent shoots a used to shoot a four fletch max stealth now he shoots a three fletch super saber mine but um on this compound bow, but, um, the, they've worked, you know, they work all the time. There's other reasons why they work. You know, you can, I'm not saying they won't work or they're a bad vein. If you're shooting them and you love them, definitely keep shooting them. Um, I know, you know, Greg Poole is a super nice guy. Uh, talk to him at ATA. Um, they make good products. I'm not bashing anything or anybody, anybody's, uh, babies, you know, I shoot Sarah all the time. I love it keep doing it. You know, if yeah. it's working for you, do it. No, that's exciting. That, that saves uh, a lot of people, a lot of time. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know it's one. It's like, well, can I shoot a four fletch? And I'm like, I sell veins. Yes. Yeah. Shoot a 12 fletch. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely sell them to you, but you don't need to. And yeah. I'm like you said, I'm not, I sell them for exactly what I have to. And I'm uh, trying to get them out there as fast as I can. I actually talk to the guys at Lancaster and they'll be carried at Lancaster as well. So once I can get orders in, then they will be on uh, Lancaster's website as well. Sweet, man. Now, good for you. Now talk about, cause, cause I, I also have like, we, you you mentioned your points, you know, talk about the difference between like your point between like the six ninety nine you know, dozen that you could get off of Amazon or, or Walmart or whatever, just to, you know, talk, uh, you know, talk about, talk about that as well. Sure. 
I probably can, as you can imagine. <laughs> so here's my point, and it's uh, I don't know. I can see. Yep. It. There you go. So it's a parabolic front point. Uh, this is actually 125 grain, so it has it's a little bit longer. And then this one is 100 grain, so it's a little bit shorter. And this one actually, you could see it a little bit better. But uh, so the optimal shape for subsonic flight is a elongated parabolic shape. Um, and, uh, I could actually go into the, the specifics of all that stuff, but the, a good, why it works and all that stuff. If a, 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 passenger plane was pointed and they could save half of a percent on fuel, they would do that. It would be the sharpest thing you've ever seen in your life. The reason they're rounded in front is because they don't travel supersonic. And that rounded shape is perfect for subsonic flight. And we all shoot subsonic, definitely. Uh, and so why I did that was a lot of people are trying to say, you know, we'll shoot this point because it'll have more drag. It's similar to a broadhead, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's not true. I've ran computational fluid dynamics with broadheads. I've shot them with my lab radar. You can't simulate a broadhead point with that. So the theory behind the shape of this is to get as clean aero flight as you can. So now you could compare your a super clean arrow with your broadhead. And then you could try to get your broadhead to hit where that does. Uh, the other thing is these are all made out of uh, stainless steel. So these will never, ever rust. I have one that I keep in a plastic bag with a little piece of paper towel in there, and I'll just wet it every now and then. And I've had it in there for years, and it looks brand new. Yep. They will never rust. Uh, that's the advantage of it. The other advantage that I really didn't capture until I was shooting with them a lot and kind of at my my range, my buddy Chad lets me shoot over at, at some of his pop uh, property. You could put these in your pocket and they don't poke through. Yes. So they're not sharp on the end. So you could put them in your pocket and they won't punch through. So, I mean, just some of the stuff like that. So there's scientific reasons. And then there's also uh, more practical reasons with them, but yeah, they're, and they're dead on. I mean, they're a hundred grains, a yep. hundred grains dead yep. on. Yep. Well, that's the one thing I like the first batch that you've ever sent me. I, it was when I was getting all my little archer gear corner stuff here, getting my bow press and just, you know, I, I had all my arrow building stuff already. It was just kind of yeah. taking that next step. And, uh, so when I was over here to one day and you sent me those, I threw up the, uh, the weight scale and put on every single one. And you, like you said, they're dead on and there wasn't really, I had, I don't, I honestly, I think I was 12 for 12 with all of them being a hundred grains, like dead on. So no, yeah. that, that's awesome. Now, you were holding up a, uh, I'm assuming, was that an Easton Axis? Yeah, this is an Axis. Yep. Uh, I actually shoot um, uh, Black Eagle Rampages myself. But, okay. Um, and then a lot of my customer builds are Rampage, Black Eagle Rampage, Black Eagle Renegade, or the Easton Axis. That's just, um, I was actually doing some studies today with other arrows, and uh, I built my, a lot of people, the other question people ask me, uh, the funny one I get is people are like, I want to start building custom arrows. What do I need to do it? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, no better than to ask me that question. Yeah. It's, it, like they want to sell them. And so they're asking me what they need. But yeah. the other part of it is I built a lot of my own equipment. So like my, uh, the, the saw that I used to cut arrows with, um, I built that myself. And then my spine gauge for arrows, um, I built that myself super rigid and I get extremely repeatable results with it. And I was testing just the consistency of the spine. So for me, uh, I don't care who shoots what arrow. I don't care what the graphics are. 
I don't care what deal I get on them. I don't care. Uh, my most important thing is making the perfect arrow. And so, um, I test them. I put them on a spine gauge, uh, you know, 20 years apart, 1.94 pounds in the middle. And like, this is a 300. And if I test it and it, it doesn't say 300 and I, I know what a very specific and tight tolerance is. I know what's possible. So, um, I'll go through and check it and the axis, the rampage, the renegade have all been really, really good. Now, uh, like I, said, I was just testing some very expensive arrows today and, uh, they were not as good, but hmm. interesting. Well, maybe yeah. off air, I, I want to know which one that is because, uh, I'm all like, a, I'm a big time tinker. I love all that stuff. Yeah. Then the one question I do want to ask you though, is just because, you know, I will build arrows here and there for hunting season, for tack, just for messing around, whatever. So I, I'm not doing what you're doing, right? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you, because I'm sure you've done testing, what is your maybe, what has been your results or your opinion on like, like your Eastern access that you're holding has that half out. Now, when I, when I've built, say my FMJs, I run my FMJs with a half out just because of durability on that specific arrow. Now for an Eastern access, I, I, I've always ran just the, the, the normal brass insert, you know, 50 grains up front, break that piece off. But I remember when I was first starting to learn to do that, I was like, Oh, there it goes again. It, that, that insert moved on me and now that's a busted arrow, like whatever. And I'd cut it down and there's my daughter's little arrow that, you know, I'd be able to use, but what, what is your kind of opinion? Like on the half, on the half outs on the, uh, you know, just on the outserts, all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, I have an opinion on everything when it comes to arrows, (laughs) the, uh, so that the half out, this is actually a, this is an Easton axis and this is a black Eagle, uh, insert outsert. So it's the same 204 ID. It works with it. Easton also makes a half ounce that's 75 grains. Um, these you have to weigh them. So every time I get arrows in, I weigh all the inserts because they're all 50 or 54 grains with the black Eagles. So, uh, I have to weigh them all. I have two bins, 154, 150. And I actually kind of use the 54 if a spine's a little strong and then I go to the 50 if it's a little weak. Not that it makes a ton of difference, but it's like I have both, so I kind of lean on one or the other. Right. Um, with the half ounce, I like these because uh, when you screw the the broadhead or uh, point up against it, you definitely get a flat surface that you're mating against. Because you could kind of cut this even. You could cut the. I square all my arrows. Like when I cut them, I rotate them as I cut them, so they're being cut similar to how it would be cut on a lathe, except that the saw's rotating. I'm rotating this slowly, but uh, you could actually cut this a little unsquare the fact that this goes back into the arrow about an inch or so, mm-hmm. uh, it's concentric. And then, then the half ounce just stops at wherever it hits the arrow. And then this is always square to the center axis of the arrow. I like these a lot. They're, uh, inexpensive. They come with, uh, the black Eagle R- rampage and renegade. Uh, they're great. Like I said, they're inexpensive. Um, the hits, uh, you kind of rely on the squareness of the front of the arrow. You have to epoxy them in there. Uh, when the, when you hit, if it hits and it it pushes on something, it's going to push on the carbon of the arrow. So they're good. They work, but I prefer the half ounce. Plus with this one, uh, the black Eagle version, it's threaded in the back. And so I have, uh, a ton of these and I have, 
uh, little 30 grain brass inserts, 50 grain brass inserts, 75 grain brass inserts. And I actually have a, a arrow that I built for testing. That's a, not this one, but it's a thousand grain arrow. And <laughs> to get it to spine correctly, I'm not joking. It's probably eight inches of brass. Wow. And to get it to spine correctly. Uh, but the, the half ounce and the inserts and all that stuff, Iron Will, I'm friends with Bill who owns Iron Will. Uh, we talk quite a bit about this kind of stuff and about uh, other things. And uh, his system is great. And I'm not saying that because I'm friends with him, but like the when you put the hit insert in there and then you put the collar over the outside of it, that's really good because then you're protecting the end of the arrow. And then if you try to flex that, it has the uh, stainless steel that he sells with his hit inserts that's in there. And then he has a titanium collar for the outside of it. And that thing is wicked strong. Right. So I like that system, but the the one drawback is it's ridiculously expensive, but it's yeah. great. Um, you get what you pay for. Same thing with his broadheads. So. Right. And uh, and I'm sure the the question you get asked the most is is what is the best weight of an arrow? Right. I mean, you know, regardless yes. of the situation, <laughs> and you knew probably a question like that was coming, uh, but you know. Maybe just for, you know, and I know everyone's setup and situation is going to be different and there, you know, you can go that route, but you know, if say most of our listeners are probably whitetail hunters, you know, yeah. tree stand hunters shooting max 40 yards at a whitetail, you know, maybe just give them some sort of range or recommendation that, that, you know, they can kind of focus on of what that weight of arrow they should be hunting with. Yeah. You're not going to like my answer. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. Uh, so I have a lot of problems when somebody says you need to shoot 30% FOC. You need to shoot 18% FOC. I have very detailed calculations that prove that's not accurate. And these are not Kyle calculations. These are NASA calculations. So um, that's a broad statement to say there's generalizations, I think, people that say that are making uh, like if somebody says you should shoot between 10 to 15, that's a great number to say because there's a lot of uh, variance in that. There's a lot of variance in that, but it's a, um, it's a good number. So right. I understand stability of the arrow and talking about FOC and stability of the arrow, the center of your arrow does not fall into any, anything when, it, when it's talking about stability. So referencing that, just doesn't make any sense. And then when you talk about the percentage, then you're kind of throwing something in there. But what people I think are doing are saying, and I'm not knocking anybody that does say that, but it's just um, going back to the weight. It's like I build arrows, like I, I build arrows for a guy and then I build arrows for his girlfriend. His girlfriend had a very short draw length. It was like, and she's pulling like 40 pounds. And he called me out of breath and he was like, you know, she just shot a she just shot a deer. Uh, we're down here with it right now. He said she shot. We heard it hit behind it. We thought that she went over it. The deer took off and it just fell. It fell after ten yards. He said that thing just ripped right through it. And her arrow was not very heavy at all. But getting the spine right is important, and right. having enough speed is important. And I'm not talking about speed because of uh, anything. I think that stability and I'll say FOC, but it, I'm not talking about FOC, but I'm, that's a generalization people know. Yep. So stability, um, weight and speed are all balancing acts. And like I was saying earlier, you know, um, getting that correct and then getting it 
is something that I do when I talk to people about it. But I think in general, um, if you're uh, shoot a speed where you're comfortable with it, because we, we could talk about FOC, we could talk about weight, we could talk about speed, shot accuracy is most important. And so having enough speed that you're comfortable taking a shot and if the animal steps back or forward a little bit that you're not shooting in the foot or shooting over it. So getting that speed right to getting that shot placement correct is, is more important than weight. So if somebody's saying, you know, oh, to shoot a, a whitetail, you have to be shooting 600 grains. That's not true. Um, I can prove it. I've, I have 300 people that I could point to that are doing that. So it's not just me shooting and saying that, but um, shoot a speed that is that shoot a weight that gives you some speed. You have a fairly flat trajectory and try to get that spine correct. Like I don't use spine charts, but um, if somebody's at home, um, the way you could tell if you're shooting too weak of a spine is, and this is how I did it when I first started out. You can put, you know, buy uh, 100 grain, buy, you can even get like 75 grain points all the way up to, you know, like 150. And then go out and shoot at a distance where you're, you lose your range. Like at 20, we could probably stack arrows at 20. You know, you go out to 40, you go out to 60, and now you're starting, people are starting to fall out. But if get a range where like I'm shooting good today, I could shoot a tight group at 60, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and switch up the weights on your points. See what it does. And if your if your groups go from like a shotgun spread, that means you're too weak. If they get tighter, that means you're you're getting there. If you start getting a really tight group, and then you start getting a flyer, and it's a different arrow flying, uh, then you, if it's the same arrow, you have a bad arrow. I spine line on my arrows, so they come out good. So you, you don't get that from me. Anyway, <laughs> DCA customer arrows. But the uh, <laughs> the look for that one flyer that's when you've gotten too stiff. And so you can dial it back. You could get that good group. And that's when you are pretty much right on with your spine. Got it. Now, how about, cause you know, like I said for myself, I, I love, I, I mean, I was actually talking to, to my buddy Jim the other day and uh, I think he's online right now listening to us as, as we're doing this. And I said, I have, when we go in uh, in a couple of weeks, I said, well, I have to kind of rebuild some arrows. I have like three, I have over there three different sets of arrows that I, I want to bring, but I obviously want to throw on the super sabers when I, when I get them. So I'm going to have to rip off and uh, probably have to put in an order for some wraps then. But <laughs> I, uh, um, I have two, I have an e, I have Easton access 300 spine. I have a Nexus 300 spine, and then I have Easton access three forties. Um, so I, I love tinkering. Like I said, I have all these different things. Dimitri, on the other hand, you just like having the arrows that I'm going to shoot tack with and I'm going to hunt with. And like, that's it, right? He just wants to go out and shoot. You know what I mean? Like that's so, and I'm, I'm a total, I'm a shorty, right? I'm like the, the, the smallest uh, on the end. I don't understand. I went from a couple of years ago shooting a Matthews VXR at a 29 inch draw length to now, my PSE XF30, I'm at 27 and a half. So I don't know what's going on here. But anyway. It, it could be your uh, actual. Oh, so actual, actual yeah. It's, so. yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, well, when you look at that one, that was, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Blame it on gravity. Yeah. <laughs> Dimitri here oh, yeah. is, you're a 29? 
29, 29 and a half inch draw. So let's, if we can, just to kind of, if you have, because like I said, you have hundreds of people, 29 and let's do, let's do the 29, 29 inch draw length, shooting 70 pounds. Where's the good start reference for him? Is that going to be okay? Hey, let's start with 300. uh, Or would it be the 340? Do you think? So what was it again? Your 29 inch draw, 70 pounds and uh, right there, you're at 300. I don't even have to run numbers on numbers. that. Okay. That's good to know. Just 29 so. and, and 70, you're definitely a 300. Yeah. Uh, if your bow is super fast, you might be a 260 even. But that's where, um, you know, when, when somebody asks me that question, I run the numbers for them, and then we have to figure out, if you're in between spines, do we want to run a light insert? And in that case, I might run like a 16-grain aluminum insert if – uh, that's what we have to do, but we could still get enough stability with Yarrow and, you know, everything looks good that we can do that. Um, the, if your bow is fast, 30 inch draw or 29, is that what you said? Yep. 29, 29, 70 pounds, definitely 300. Um, I'm a, uh, 30 inch draw pulling 67 pounds and I shoot a, uh, Bowtech realm SS. So it's a 332 or so IBO. I kind of figured out my IBO is so it's not spec, but I figured out what my IBO truly is so I could shoot more accurately. But uh, I shoot a 300 spine with a 50 grain insert. So that's kind of where you should be in a hundred grain point. That's roughly speaking and kind of giving you a range. And then uh, my carbon to carbon length is uh, 29 and a half. Okay. Dude, I do so many arrows that I, I forget my own shoe size. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. But, uh, that's the other thing where these half ounce can come into play is if you are in between spines and you're like, man, if we could take another half inch off that thing, that would be a lot better. And so you could put the, you know, go with a half ounce instead of that uh, hit insert. Okay, and then that gets you a extra half inch because that's not the part that's bending. It's, it's technically moving your, your front of your weight in the front out just a little bit more like to be super technical. I know people get me on that, but, um, it actually gives you an extra half inch of stainless steel there. And then, uh, like I said, you could screw weights in the back of it, things like that. But that's, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. I, send me your numbers and I'll, I'll run your specs for you and yeah. tell you what you should do. Yeah. Cause that, I, I feel like I'm in that, I'm in no man's land. Like I said, I like 27 and a half, 70 pounds, you know, XF, uh, 30 from PSE. Uh, I, in years past, my arrow weight would be right around like 490 to five and like this year i was trying to like i know how you were saying it really doesn't like about weight and and stuff what i really would like to be i would love to sit like 470 485 like just go like obviously when you think about it like oh that's only 10 15 grains you know lighter but i don't know just because of that bow being quote unquote like a speed bow and um yeah you know i never really shot a speed bow per se. Uh, but I just wanted to try to get, you know what? I got the S two cam. So I'm maxing out. Like I'm not maxed out obviously. Cause that goes to a 29 inch, uh, draw on that bow, but I'm trying to be as efficient as possible with that, with that sure. bow. Um, uh, and I think right now I was, I was shooting like just shy of a 28 inch arrow carbon to carbon. And what was your so, draw weight again? Uh, 27 and a half. Uh, your draw weight. Oh, my draw weight 70. Sorry. Yeah. You're, 
uh, actually have my laptop here. There you go. On the <laughs> on the on the line, we got to go. They'll tell me because that and that's the other thing. Like for people that are in that in between, it's tough. Like, do I buy a dozen arrows of three hundreds? Do I buy? You yeah. know, like I was saying, like for Dimitri, like you know, oh, do I go two sixties? And then you know, you don't want to cut all of them because then you're like, hey, I got to try to yeah. sell. Here's twenty eight inch carbon to carbon of 28 inches yeah. that I don't need because I'm whatever, you know? Well, another trick with that, like I said, um, cut them long, like where you think you would be the longest. And then, uh, you can use hot melt to put the inserts in, but make sure that, you know, a lot of times they get stuck in, in the target or something. Uh, but you could cut them long. And then if you have to add more than a hundred grains to the front of it, but you like to shoot a hundred grains, then you could take a little bit off. So as you add weight to the front of it, you break that spine down. Uh, and if you need to, um, yeah, you, you could kind of figure it out that way. Yeah. Send me your numbers though, and I'll tell you exactly okay. what you could shoot. But yeah, if you, um, the longer your arrow is, the more it breaks the shaft down. And then the more weight you have in front, the more it breaks it down. So if you go backwards, so if you shoot out to a hundred and it's, like I said, doing kind of the figuring out what your groups look like thing uh, and do it over a couple of days because you'll be hungry or you'll be tired with the wind or whatever. Um, but you kind of figure it out that way. Um, if you add, if you take away weight from the front of it, then you can cut some off the back of it and then you can add the, the weight back to the front of it. So, right. Awesome. I love it. This is a, that's this one way I guess to figure it out. Sorry, that was kind of no, convoluted. I might no, have said it backwards, but no, this is two years in the making, Kyle. <laughs> two years in. I, I, I both of you guys should be shooting. Uh, you definitely three hundred would be a great place for you both to start. Yeah, I wouldn't. Your three forties, unless you're shooting a really weak insert in the front of it, then um, you yeah. know the the like a sixteen grain aluminum insert that comes with the axis. Yeah, uh, if you're shooting something like that, then you get away with it, but that's one of the things where it's that balancing act. And this is not to go back to me, but that's kind of where uh, I get into that side of things. Right. But I, I'd be glad to run in your guys' numbers for you. Awesome, man. No, that's good. Well, let's talk about then, uh, how, how, how did you get involved then with dialed? Like with the, <laughs> just be like, and then again, obviously I'm kind of, you know, TJ being part of all that. And you and I spoke yeah. on the phone before oh, yeah. you know all that no. type of stuff a little bit about the about the site and stuff but you know i am again going back to that episode we did with scott and i was joking i was like man you got kyle involved you, you know i was like you you know you got someone good because of of your mastermind behind it and uh yeah. all that stuff so you know what are it's it's coming close it's yep. like summer's approaching and i know that was kind of the 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 a launch time frame for people when they get their site, you know, talk, a, talk a little bit about how, what's gone into that and like maybe what your role is specifically and you know, how, Absolutely. all that type of stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's very funny, uh, how I got involved in that. So, uh, TJ and I worked, uh, at the same company back in the day. He doesn't work there anymore. Um, and we're good buddies though. I mean like brothers and, so the guys from dialed, so Scott and Jordan and uh, Taylor um, contacted him about a site. I, I forget the front of it, but um, they contacted him. He said, yeah, I got a really cool idea for one. And they were like, great. And so he started kind of going through it and doing the TJ's more of an engineer than he will tell you he is and admit to it. But he's 
industrial designer, so he has an extremely good eye for detail. And like when we were working together in the past, like at our, at the job we both worked at, he would say same thing. I was an engineer. He was an industrial designer. Industrial designers come up with the outside of it, the, the look of it, the brand of it, the feel of it. And I would have to go back to him and I'd say, no, we need a little bit more room here for this or that. And he was super good with it. He understood. And then he would say, um, great, but I want to add around here. And I'd be like, it's not going to change anything. It'll look exactly. That looks a lot better. You know, it's like, <laughs> damn, how does he see that? Yeah. And then like the stuff he's doing with half rack, uh, same exact thing. I mean, he would go, like, I saw some of the early prototypes of this stuff, like a gun case, and they, I'd be like, a gun case is a gun case, TJ. I mean, you can't, wow, that's freaking awesome. You know, it's like the diamond pattern they did on it, the colors they use on it, it looks modern. I mean, like, the, the old school, you know, blood and guts kind of uh, writing and weird stuff on it is gone. Like, the new age is here, and it's, yep. it's TJ, it's half rack, and all those guys. It looks amazing. But anyway, so TJ had the idea for the outside of it. Um, I was talking to him one day because I, I bounce ideas off of him about my veins and about my business and things. We're both small business owners and it's, it's very difficult hill to climb. And so, uh, especially when you're just a product person like me, like I, I like inventing things. That's what I do. And he, uh, contacted me and he said, Oh, I'm doing the site for a couple guys, uh, the guys from Capture Creative. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know them. Um, he said, this is my favorite line. Would you mind if I asked you a few questions or you look something over for a couple hours? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And he goes, what What would I have to pay you? And I was like, no, you don't have to pay me. It's just a couple hours. And he was like, I still would like to. So now I'm the lead engineer for <laughs> Dial Archery. Uh, <laughs> That couple hours has turned into that, and uh, man, it's it's incredible. I mean, the 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 team we have and the crew that we have, like with you guys and with like AJ and just the the people that are behind this thing, it's incredible. It's like, especially doing everything on DCA by myself, it's like now it's like every single person is hitting. Like I post once or twice a month, and I I post. 5% of the arrows that I build. And it's just because I don't have time to do it. Or I know that if I post that, um, you know, there's other things I got to do and blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, I don't have time to do it, but man, everybody just hits on all cylinders with this thing. It's crazy to see how good this team is. And it's not just a group of all-stars. It's, uh, it's like, these guys are really, really good at their job and man, it just flows. So, uh, I have one here, but, um, so this is kind of it. Uh, and what we've done is again, like, you know, going back to the gun case and it's just, it's a gun case. It's like, no, we could do this better. And since I got into archery, it, that was one thing that TJ and I always talked about was, man, I hate this about sides. I hate all the crap hanging off of the, the buttons and the levers and the blah, blah, blah. It's just, it looks like a stupid microscope. Yep. And so, um, and he's that way too. He's like, it's got to be functional to be on there. And um, that's kind of what we came up with was just coming up with something that was clean, functional. And then just my thing is like, um, like I said, I love Formula One cars and, and on the vein, you know, it's the, the form follows the function. I don't care what these things would have looked like because I wasn't going to sell them. I was making, I was trying to make the perfect vein. And so the form 
followed but the function the form followed the function on that one too and on this it's like um you know i don't want to reach up and grab a lever and then adjust it. i don't want to do this and adjust it so what we came up with was uh this push lock system so you adjust it you oops i'm holding on to the site so you adjust it up and down and then you, it's right there you just push it and it's locked and then when you want to unlock it you just push up there it is you just push up on the bottom of it and it's unlocked and it, it rotates free okay. and you push down and it locks it push up and so it's it's everything's kind of right there and literally when we were doing that uh we pretty much did it at a starbucks in kokomo where we would meet there it's halfway in between my house and his house and we would just sit there and go through things and be like what would be a cool way to do this or where is my hand at when i'm adjusting it so you know when you're doing the dial there's when you're doing the dial your fingers are right there there. anyway yep and so it's like oh lock unlock and then uh so I did the, the, the push button lock and stuff like that, but I mean, it's a whole team. So I would have an idea and then I would tell TJ and he'd be like, we could blend it this way. He's a, he's a great engineer. And he would say, uh, would this work or that work? Or could we make this smaller this way or that way? And we would just bounce ideas and it would evolve out of everybody. So the, the other thing that was a no brainer for me was putting the, the level on top, because if you think about it, when you're, get it right here in yep. a second. When you're shooting at an animal, like if the animal is kind of where my fingers are, the animal's down here, that's where you want to be able to see. You don't care about what's up here. So you can quickly look up at this, the level, get that sucker level, and then be able to see more of uh, the animal that you're trying to shoot. Right. And uh, I had moved mine up there on my site that I had uh, just because they do it kind of left-handed. And it doesn't work exactly, but it, it worked enough put it up there and I was like, I'm never shooting this thing without that, with it that way again. So ours comes that way and it gives you more access to the bottom of it. You can actually see what you're shooting at. The other thing that it did, and this was uh, TJ. And again, I say one person, but a lot of people have input on these things. We have our stub XR pin that's really, really low. And so it's very low. If you had a, a level down there, you wouldn't be able to use it. it. Yeah. And that would be your sight picture. Like if you were kind of, I'm holding it over my ear. And if you're trying to shoot in my ear, that's what you'd see or that's what you would see big difference. Why would you, why would you have it on the bottom? Right. But having that, having that open in the bottom, then we put the, the pin even lower at the bottom and it's kind of at the top of that triangle and allows you to shoot out further. And we're not doing that to make unethical shots or anything like that. But a lot of people, I've never met anybody that said, I, I want to shoot shorter ranges. Everybody wants to shoot out further. Attack events now sell out in minutes and, you know, everybody's going to those. They're super fun. It's great for the industry because a lot of like-minded people get together, hang out, uh, you know, talk shop. Everybody's like, you know, all us nerds are together and we're in our, in our, in our element. Archery camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Archery day camp. So, yeah. So it allows people to shoot out further and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I mean, you know, we never want people to be unethical with their right. shots or anything like that, but it's just another way to be able to practice it for the ranges. Because if you could shoot, you know, at a hundred yards, when you're shooting an animal at 20 yards, then it's going to be a, a little bit of an easier task. Right. So, well, Dimitri does a really good job and he's kind of implemented it on me even to practice more. So of like whether we do elevated or on the ground, just practicing like with a specific yardage and using that one yeah. pin. But you know, in that instance, say we go out West or we do have an opportunity, a spot in stock. I, I you know, I'm th- different scenarios I'm throwing out there where yeah. you need that quick range and on a dial, if you have that bottom pin, 
you know, that's yeah. really important to know. And you're not kind of guessing, uh, you know, shooting that, that gap basically. Um, so that's, that's really nice. And I do really like that feature of the bubble up top again, just because of the squirrel that I am when I'm at full draw, I've, I, that just always seems to be, I know I've gotten better. Uh, I would say these last, this past year, I've gotten a lot better, uh, with my shot process. I feel like I'm getting back to where I was a couple years ago, but, uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I just, I'm right now I'm almost to the point where I don't even, like that was like part of my cue was like anchor bubble, you know, acquire, pull, pull, yeah. pull. Like now I don't even think about my bubble because I'm just trying to acquire and just kind of letting my muscle memory take over and, you know, not be canting the bow or whatever, you know, what I'm doing. So, yeah, I really like that feature. I like that a lot yeah. of having that, that, that clear view. When I draw, like I, I, as I'm drawing, I kind of watch the levels. I come down to the, the target and then I, I watch the level and then I basically just hold it there and I go up and down from there. So I, I use it as I'm acquiring the target. Mm-hmm. And then, but when I'm on it, I very rarely look up at it, but it is, I mean, it's close enough that you could kind of see it out of your peripheral vision and you can, you know, it's like when you're driving and you're watching, you're not watching your speedometer, but you know, roughly where it is. It's exactly the same thing, yeah. except, you know, the roads up here and your speedometers down there where now we're looking here and just up above it. So, right. um, it's good. It gives you a good field of view. And it's a, the other good thing is, um, so my old site was a four pin, um, site. So I had this picture, which was, I didn't realize how much it was covering (laughs) and we are going to have a multi pin and all that stuff. But while shooting this one, um, having the pin where I have it at 20 and then having that stub XR lower than most people do. So it's not like 20 on mine. It's like 20 and 42 or something. Mm -hmm. Instead of having like 20 and 30, now I have that 42. So I know I have more of a range there where I can acquire a target. It's, I don't miss my four pin at all because I have that one. And honestly, I would, I would not have said that uh, until I used it. So I think that it, it actually opens things up and gives you a a better picture because you have a a more open sight target. Right. Cause that was the one thing that I really did like about the spot hog fast Eddie single double pin was, you know, in those situations. But again, like you're saying like, Oh, if my 20, it's 20 and then, like for me, it was only like 34 or 35. Like I only gained 15 yards, which is great. Like for me in a whitetail, that's really all I need. You know yep. what I mean? But, you know, like you're saying, shooting tack and all that type of stuff. I mean, like I'm, I, I'm really thinking of you here. Like you would just, I think, having that bigger gap distance, that's where what the training that you do, you would have a lot of fun with that and just know exactly, okay, hey, this deer steps out or mule deer or elk and just know where that is. And I just saw it too, like you guys uh, really just put on Friday, I think have having the, the multiple uh, pin indicators. So that yes. looks really cool. So was that one of your babies too? <laughs> no, no. That was, oh, okay. That was all, uh, that was the team. So that was yeah. Taylor and Scott and Jordan. Yeah. Uh, I think that more of it came from Taylor and Scott on that one. And then, uh, TJ was actually the one that designed that, but, um, yeah, that's a, that's a super cool thing. Uh, like I said, it's crazy because we're, we're all such good friends that, um, most of the time on our, our conference calls, half the time is just, uh, them making fun of me or, <laughs> you know, we're making fun of Scott or, you know, I'm 45, I'll be 46 in September and, 
Taylor's like 30 and, you know, I mean, it's insane. So yeah. a lot of jokes about that and, you know, me being an old man, not having any hair and all that stuff. That's, <laughs> that's always a, a topic of discussion, but um, yeah, it's, it's so much fun, man. It's I good. mean, because with open communication like that, like I've worked in a lot of industries and worked in a lot of different dynamics. And when people can't make fun of your, each other's moms, then communication yep. breaks down <laughs> hard. Yep. But like when you can be good friends and you can have, you know, too many beers together and, you know, dude, the, the ideas are crazy. And then they get to like, you know, it's like, Oh, we could just, you know, who needs a level? We don't even need a level. You just get it out, put it up on the top. And it's like, yep. Oh, that's not a bad idea. You know, yep. it's like, yep. So, I mean, it's, it's a fun team to work with, but uh, the other thing that, that kind of the advantage that this has too is, you know, we have a, a dial that's on the, like on mine, this would be, if I'm shooting, this is on the outside of my uh, bow and on the inside. So you can have the tape either on the outside or the inside. Um, and you can order it that way. They have all the different colors. I mean, the colors that they have, it's all Cerakoted. It's insanely durable. Um, mine is kind of a, a mo- mismatch. It, it's a stone frame, a uh, black level, and then some aluminum pieces here, you know, it's like <laughs> mine's uh, thrown together. It's orange. Uh, my son, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's, a. Uh, that's cool. It's a fun team. And there's a lot of really cool innovations that are in there that like, I, I talked to Taylor just before this and I was like, oh, what can I talk about? And should I talk about this? Don't talk about that yet. Don't talk about that yet. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But like the, the multi pin thing, I laughed because, um, you know, we've been working on that for a while and then, I was like, oh yeah, they did come out. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, man. Is because uh, when we had Scott on, he was like, it's just bizarre how fluid and uh, no hiccups to this point. Uh, yeah. You know what? How? Uh, how was the time frame coming? I mean, obviously, it, it roughly it's still summer, early, yeah, early summer, mid summer, late summer. What you know? That's stuff I can't answer. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know that um, it's come together extraordinarily fast. That's um, good, though. TJ said that we're you know building the plane as we on the runway, but it is man. Everything's just falling into place, and like the we've had design challenges, like getting that push lock yeah. to work has been. Uh, but I use it all the time now. Like when I'm out shooting, I lock it. I unlock it. And I don't even realize that I'm doing it. And that's when I knew that it was super cool when it's like I locked it and then I went back and I was getting ready to adjust it. And it was, I couldn't do it. And I was like, Oh God, what's wrong? And I was like, Oh yeah, the lock's on. You know, it's like, it works. Holy cow. And I I used it to lock it in place. I think it's cool when you guys haven't even released a product yet. And people are like, when's the, when's this coming out? (laughs) When's a, 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 a rest or a stabilizer or this. And it's yeah. like, man, you guys didn't even release one product yet. And people are going, you know, bananas, yeah. but no, that's good, man. Yeah. I, I think it's great. I think you guys are going to be ha- ha- hit a home run. I mean, it's already just nuts. I mean, people just go yeah. berserk the way it is and good people. And you know. The other good thing is it's super quick to set up because I put, I, the one that's on my boat, I, I take off, I take apart, I put like, as we get new production parts in, I swap mine out, I upgrade it. And then I, you know, other parts that we're testing, et cetera, et cetera. I take it apart all the time, but to go out and put it on my bow and get it dialed in like, right. And we say dialed all the time mm-hmm. and it, we laugh about it, but unintentionally 
But to set it up on your bow is so quick. You don't have to like switch arms out and do this and do that. And I mean, it, it's insanely fast. TJ well, set up what what you uh, said to earlier, and I know Scott alluded to it in our podcast, how you were saying about all the parts everywhere. And I don't want to. I hope I'm not misquoting him, but he was saying like there's some sites that are over 200 pieces of you know pieces, bolts and nuts and all kinds of stuff, and the dialed. Uh, is only 80 or something, right? Yeah, it's it's not many. And they hate it when I say this, but this is a fun site to take apart because <laughs> it's not complicated. Like, yeah. It makes sense to take apart. It makes sense to put back together. And you're not going to... Don't take your site apart. Yep. Da, 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 da. But, yep. oh, man. Like, I take it apart all the time. And it, I could take it completely apart a hundred percent and put it back together like Forrest Gump putting a, a rifle together. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's so fast. Uh, and I like doing it because it's such a, a fluid, good design. And that's something that TJ and I are, are very big on. You know, he's all about the smoothness of it and nothing catching that you don't need catching. You know, you don't want to drag this through and have, like I said, the, the microscope look of some of the, of the sites is what really yep. made us want to puke. It was just like, uh, do better than that yep 100 that's awesome man now that's good well kyle i man i appreciate it i i can't wait till uh we just scratched the surface and <laughs> and uh we could wrap it up now but there's there's tons of different things i think once we get closer to hunting season of just even just catching up of just saying hey yeah. you know here's what's what's doing a, a an equipment kind of podcast where you know, we could break some things down of, of seeing how our setups are and everything like that. I think that would be kind of cool, but dude, I, I I wrote down so much stuff that I'm taking away. Uh, (laughs) so, which is fantastic. And I'm, I'm sure those that, that would listen live, but also will will tune in and listen to this one. I think we'll get uh, some, some really good information out of. So man, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Where could people, uh, find you and, and follow along and, and obviously check out and, and order some some uh, product from you. Yeah, so DCA Custom Arrows. Don't forget the custom arrows at the end of it. DCACustomarrows.com. Uh, that's the website. And then um, follow me on Instagram at DCA Custom Arrows. Uh, and like I said, I try to post everything. That's more up to date than my website. I'm looking at getting my website overhauled. I did that all myself too. And I hadn't designed a webpage since like 93. So I did that one. <laughs> it gets the idea across, but I'm having a, a professional look at it and get it cleaned up and everything. So uh, Instagram is a great place to follow me. That's where I'm posting when I have veins in um, to everybody that's, that's ordering veins. I really, really appreciate the support and to everybody that's waiting to order veins. I'll have more soon. And uh, the goal and the, it, it won't be a thing where, you know, don't flood your arrows, those veins, cause you can't get them. They're going to be, available a lot more than they are now. Uh, like I said, Lancaster is, uh, been working with those guys. They have my vein angle tool, so you can get that there. And then you also be able to get the super saber veins there as well. Awesome, man. That's, that's fantastic. Well, everybody, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, go check out Kyle, what he's doing over there. Cause it's, it's awesome stuff. I've been, a, a you know, since we started and I found him, I've, I've only bought arrow wraps and, and field points and, uh, now obviously some, some, uh, some veins off them. See up. So that's good stuff, man. Well, thank you again, everybody. See you next time. And antler up. That's a wrap for another episode of the antler up podcast. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed having you on. 
two years in the making, like I said a couple times in the episode. Uh, check out his products, everybody. Awesome, awesome guy. Great products. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Have a great week. And Antler up.